0: Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial.
1: Member of FINRA SIPC. It's a special Get Ready for the Future show today. If you're a small business owner, have aspirations to become one, or work for a small business owner, this show is for you. Opportunities and challenges for your financial future when associated with a small business. That's on today's show.
0: This is the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: And a happy Saturday all across the state of Arkansas. Thanks for joining us once again for today's Get Ready for the Future show. Education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered—that is the Gen Wealth difference. With offices all across the state of Arkansas in West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and in Bossier City, Louisiana, a Gen Wealth advisor is here to help you. And on today's show, it's all about small business. Saturday, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, right after Thanksgiving. We're going to be talking about small business today, and I think I'm surrounded by a few people that may know a few things about that. I've got two current small business owners to my right, Wealth owners, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker, and a former small business owner to my left in Candace Stanley yes, from, good morning. from a previous career. So yes. you guys have the perfect mindset and experience to talk about small businesses and this is going to be a little bit of a departure john from what we would normally do on the get ready for the future show but since you guys have this insight and have been through so many of these challenges and opportunities i think there's great opportunity here for people
2: to get something out of today's show. Absolutely, Scott. And you have to think that small business is the heart of America. It is the American economy. It is what drives the American economy. About 80% of yeah. all the jobs in this country come from a small business. Now, what is a small business? It's usually under 100 or 200 employees, something like that. Uh, I would think about that as being a big business. I think we've got a pretty sizable business with 30-something employees. It's, uh, sometimes feels like it, right? Yeah, it's know. a lot yeah. to
3: handle. It is. Yeah. It yeah. is
2: like uh, nailing Jello to the wall. Sometimes <laughs> it is, is a uh, all-hands-on-deck task. But, Janet, we really have a heart for small business because we have grown up, I, if you will, in the business world, developing a small business, and I think we've got some scars to show off for that. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And, and John, I think so many business owners are in really the same situation that you and I are in and the same situation Candace has been in. I mean, it, you and I started being financial advisors. We didn't start... Mm-hmm. To be business owners, right. and we woke up one day and went, um, "Yeah, so we got five locations and over thirty employees, and I think it's official now. We're small business owners." And and Scott, like you said, many times it doesn't feel so small. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to deal with, and and we're coming at this from the perspective of being financial advisors. There's a lot about small business that we already know. You know, things about retirement planning, that type of thing, just because of what we do. For for a living, then when you think about a small business owner who is doing whatever it is, widgets, you know, you pick it, whatever it might be, they don't have any background in that financial area. Mm-hmm. It just adds another layer of complexity and I would say confusion where you need somebody to come along beside you and explain some things.
2: Scott, the, the analogy that I use oftentimes is you, you've you seen out in the country where where they just let the dogs kind of roam around and and a strange car will drive by and the dog will start chasing that car. And I think we are the dogs that have caught the car. Yes. <laughs> and now that you've caught it, what are you going to do with it? Now that you've got it, uh, what happens now? And, and Candace, that, I think that's got to be very familiar to every business owner.
4: Oh, yeah. When I first started out, it was just like deer in headlights. You know, what, <laughs> what, what do I do now? You yeah. know, how do I figure out who to hire? You know, how do I even conduct an interview and begin that process? It can be overwhelming, especially getting started.
2: And, and you know, there's, a, there's math and then there's accounting. And we do math. You're right. And CPAs do accounting. It's different. And our CPA, I always tell them, hey, you're talking that CPA math. Let's talk real math. Because, you know, they have things like depreciation and amortization and all that type of thing. And you go... Yeah. yeah. How does that? I looked at the CPA one time and said, "Look, I can't. I can't uh, spend depreciation. How, what does that mean?"
3: Well, and, and I'll say, I grew up on a farm, and you know that's another small business. Yep. And my mom kept the books for Waldrop Farms, and yep. I remember hearing conversations about depreciation. But I'll also tell you, it's very different when you're talking about a tractor than it is when you're talking about what applies to gen wealth. Yep. It, it really is. There are things that. Even in that situation, as a farm family, that made sense to me as a young person. There's stuff that our accountant tells us today that John and I just scratch our heads over and go, okay, do you have the real math explanation for this? And truly, you know, it's a different world, and that's
2: okay. And we've made the analogy that it's a lot like us talking to folks about their retirement. It's, It's a foreign language to some extent, and you have to step in and learn it. And we've done that over the years. And I think the math thing is obviously something you can learn. The thing that really is a problem is HR. It, it's people mm. because there are all kinds of different people and you have to learn how to interview and you have to learn how to, to what to look for in an interview and you have to protect your culture and you have to do all of those things. And for someone that is really not trained in a small business uh, or in business period, it becomes a very problematical. And I think that's where a lot of small business owners are because they were good at a job mm-hmm. and they decided, okay. I could do this for myself, and so now they own their job. They don't own a small business. They own their job. They're self-employed. And then they begin to get a little bit smart and say, I'm going to leverage this and I'm going to hire some people and and expand my time and all of that. And all of a sudden you have this creature that you had no idea that you were getting into and you got to run it because if you don't run it, it'll run you in the ground if you're not careful.
4: Yeah. And you want to look for people that are like-minded like you, but you also want to look for characteristics that you might not have. Yes. And so that's a balance that you got to think about too.
1: We do have a special uh, interview coming up right after the break. So I do want to mention that because I haven't yet, an interview with Pamela Reed. She's from the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center. So she's going to have some great insight and maybe some great resources for small business owners as well. I want to talk a little bit. We only got a couple of minutes left in this segment, but I think about the dividing line. I'm listening to you guys talk. And, and when you first became financial advisors, it was all about serving your client or your customer for another small business uh, analogy there. And then, at some point, you still have to do that, but now you're serving your team or building your team, and right. Candace has alluded to that. I think about, I think about that, and, and you're pulled in two different directions, and that's a hard balance, I would think.
3: John, you and I actually spent some time learning a little bit about this at Notre Dame this this summer. We got an opportunity to go, and this group talked with us about polarities, and I think that a lot of business owners struggle with this. So if you think about two things that are, are polar opposites, they're drawing you in different directions, we have talked a lot about having two different hats there's the financial advisor hat and then there's the ceo hat and the responsibilities that are drawing me to the time spend of a ceo are pulling me away from the time spend of a financial advisor and vice versa so they are they are opposites and we cannot do both of them 100 percent of the time it's not it's not possible to do that so there becomes this this balancing act of what is the most important thing for me to do? And and for us, it has become training up the next generation of financial advisors so that we can multiply the impact.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say, that's why our team has grown so much here at GenWealth is that number one, we're covering more territory. We've got a lot bigger uh, sphere of influence. As you have mentioned at the top of the show, we've got five offices, five different cities, you know, across two states. And so that's that's a pretty big enterprise. So you've got to have people to cover that, but you also have to divide and conquer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and so Candace and I've been working together a lot uh, with my client base. So, yeah, and, and it does give some redundancy too, where if something happens to me, my clients don't have to worry about somebody that doesn't know anything about their plan taking over as the financial advisor. They have someone who has sat in those meetings and understands their situation and everything. And so it's just the evolution and growth of a business. So on today's show, I hope we can kind of expand into that and, and really highlight some things to help some small business owners out there and then encourage everybody to go and uh, patronize a small business on Small Business Saturday coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, we've got to take a break, but I think I, that's so much insight that you give
1: me there. I, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, my background is if you want something done right, you do it yourself. So to be able to let go of that, and, yeah. and to, it's got to be a high trust level. And that's a hard mm-hmm. thing, I think, for a small business owner. So, hey, we're just getting started honoring small businesses ahead of Small Business Saturday in a couple of weeks. Up next, it's Pamela Reed from the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center. Uh-huh.
0: Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after
1: the break. Do you worry about retiring? How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? Hi, I'm Scott Inman for GenWealth Financial Advisors, and we've been helping our Kansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15minuteretirement.com, and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15minuteretirement.com to get started on your 15-minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.
0: Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Wealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing.
1: Scott Inman and John Shrewsbury with the fastest four minutes in investing. Thank you for watching on social media and listening on the Get Ready for the Future show. And John, I I often talk to clients when they come in and they ask, well, when's this market going to go downhill and when are we going to have another recession? I obviously say, well, we're closer today than we were yesterday, but the forecast is much like the weather forecast. Typically, if you get very far out, the seven-day forecast is going to change before you get there. So you can't go... Too far ahead, but you were watching something over the weekend that was willing to go way far ahead.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I have this habit, I guess, from my old days in the news business of watching sixty minutes on Sunday night. And Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, was on sixty minutes, and he proclaimed that the United States is in an era of prosperity that will last for the next hundred years. Now, Scott, we're we're optimist here at Gen Wealth, but I think Jamie's got us beat hands down. But yeah. when you think about out a hundred years. Uh, maybe from his perch, he can see that far. I am more concerned about the next 100 days or the mm-hmm. next 100 weeks. Where are we in the next two years? Where are we in the next six months? What What does that look like? And so we really have this interesting thing setting up here. We have almost the tail of two economies here. Now, on the consumer side, you know, the consumers are just gung-ho. They're doing really well. They're spending money. They're doing things, and and they feel good about the economy. On the business side, though, there's some caution. There is some, oh, we're going to kind of wait and see what's going on. And so you have these two diametrically opposed viewpoints almost on the economy, and business has begun to pull back a little bit.
1: Yeah, so on the... Consumer side, spending has been very strong. We expect spending to continue. Certainly, we're entering into the holiday season, and that typically is a very big spending time for American consumers. And that's important because it makes up 70% of the economy. On the other side, when we talk about business, let's take a look at capital expenditures. And you mentioned they're kind of in a wait and see mode. So it's not necessarily that we're going the wrong direction. It's kind of at, at a teetering point. They don't know which way to go
2: right now. Yeah, right. the business is really concerned about geopolitical issues. That's a big word for you know politics and, and stuff that's going on around the world. But primarily, they're concerned about what is going to happen with trade. And you could see that in the market when the news comes up uh, comes out that trade's going well, then the market goes up. If things don't look so good, then market goes down And mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. The consumer, meanwhile, is just kind of bumping along because you've got an unemployment rate at record lows. You've got wage growth going on. And, Scott, it's very psychological. If the consumer feels good, then they're more free to spend their money. And so business is taking a very analytical look at it. And looking at it and going, okay, what do the tea leaves say from an analytical basis? The consumer is driven more on feeling. Do I mm-hmm. feel good? Well, I gotta go ahead and spend a little extra money for Christmas. And and that does have an effect because consumer spending drives this economy and always has for, for a number of years. Would you say it's fair to say that there's been a little bit
1: of a swing in the overall research and data that we look at and, the, and then the commentators that we look at? It's been, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming to... Uh, I don't know. We might go a little longer on
2: this. Yeah, thing. it it has been, and 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 that's the the whole gambit in trying to pick the market. You right. really don't know. So one of the things that you might want to think about doing is employing some some protection strategies in your portfolio without getting totally out of the market. So you can have that opportunity. If the market continues to go up, you participate in that. But if you have a downturn, somehow you're getting protected there. And you might want to see us about talking about those strategies.
1: And you can do that by calling five zero one six five three seven three five five or emailing us info at get and the get ready for the future show continues on the other side of this break that's it for the fastest four minutes in investing
0: there are only three things you can count on in life death taxes and the get ready for the future show on saturdays back with more after this break You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: Honoring small businesses on today's Get Ready for the Future show ahead of Small Business Saturday in a couple of weeks and providing some good information and education when it comes to financial uh, topics that's still ahead in today's Get Ready for the Future show. But right now, we're going to give you some resources. This is going to be a great segment as we welcome in Pam Reed from the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center. Good morning to you.
5: Good morning. We
1: are so glad to have you and to learn a little bit more about your organization. So I think that would be the best jumping off point for us is just to kind of talk about what it is the organization does and maybe ask a better way how do you help aspiring business owners?
5: Okay, um, I'd love to tell you more about that. The Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center is basically a non organization that The goal is to have a positive impact on economic development in Arkansas. And we do that by helping small business owners with every aspect of business ownership. So um, it it turns out that we have like seven locations throughout the state of Arkansas. And at each one of those locations, you have consultants, uh, you have training, and you have market research. And uh, if anybody knows what market research can do for them, they understand why the services that we provide are so important.
2: Market research is is huge. You have to know what your target is. You have to know how to serve those folks. And I've got to believe that this has got to be one of those hidden gems that a lot of people don't really know about in the state of Arkansas.
5: We hear that so much. Um, Even though we go out and we try to do community outreach and our training does provide some level community outreach because the other thing that we try to do as a nonprofit is partner with other organizations that are out in the community, like, for example, the Central Arkansas Library System. A lot of our training we will host at CALS, and it gives us an opportunity to tell or reach target audiences that typically wouldn't know about our services. Um, We also have other community partners, uh, several bank sponsors, and so forth. And so it gives us an opportunity to kind of uh, move around. And, you know, more people know about us uh, now, but there are quite a few
3: who still don't.
2: I'm (laughs) sitting here, Janet, wondering where she was at. Fifteen years. ago. Yeah, we
3: we needed you about fifteen years ago. <laughs> Believe Absolutely. it or not, we were we were here. Yeah, yeah, that's great. On
5: the campus of Euler.
3: Well, for those of you who are in the shoes that John and I were in fifteen years ago, this show is for you. Here Absolutely. You go. Um, Pam, what would you say are some of the most common mistakes that small business owners make?
5: Definitely planning. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think that. What we what we see is that a lot of small business owners, they have an idea. It's a wonderful idea. Their friends, their family, their community is starting to get involved and rally around them and purchase or, you know, tell people about the service. But they never take the time because they're bootstrapping. Yeah. And it happens yeah. so fast. They never take the time to sit down and plan. And so they end up spending a lot of time working in the business instead of on the business.
3: That, that's something I'd love to follow up with a comment on because John and I have, uh, we we finally wised up. It took us a few years, but we have time blocked on our calendars and it almost takes the voice of God to get it to be an exception to do something else. But there's there's time blocked on our calendars to work on the business and it is blocked off and nothing else happens during that time because you're exactly right. You know When they're, when they're bootstrapping it just trying to survive we as all small business owners we get so caught up in the tasks of the moment and we don't take time to look way down the road and I think it's so beneficial that your organization helps with that that level of planning
5: that's right I mean, and I and we hear that a lot, you know, from people that, hey, where were you (laughs) when I needed to get started? Yeah. Um, And and I think that one of the other wonderful things about our services, you know, we we offer training for writing a business plan, things like that. But we can even take that a little bit further. So if you're working with one of our consultants, um, you've written a business plan and maybe that business plan you've not. Fully identified what you want to use it for. Mm-hmm. You know, you need one for your own roadmap, but then you say, hey, I might need one to take to stakeholders or to people who may want to invest in my business or to get a loan package. And what we our consultant consultants can do for you is help you to improve that business plan so that you can secure funding as well.
2: I have to to draw a couple of analogies, make a comment here. I think it's so interesting that, you know, in our world, when we are dealing with clients and their retirement, oftentimes they are so busy working and making money. That yeah. they don't stop and plan yeah. their finances. Maybe even saving money. Yeah, right. exactly. Yes, they're right. they're they're working in the business, if you will, of making money as opposed to on the business of what that money's really for is to help you uh, retire and, and enjoy a lifestyle that, that you want to enjoy. Same thing for business. You know, you're you, you get inundated with, oh man, I've got to make the widgets, I've got to go make the donuts, and I don't have time to think about this. I just gotta go do it. And, right. and and that is a road to disaster. I will tell mm-hmm. you, it is yeah. it you're going going to struggle long term if you don't stop and get a plan together and get some help and get some advice on many of these key areas. And then I think that as you as you jump into this, one of the things I want to point out is there are tons of people that would even necessarily consider themselves small business owners they have an idea they have they have a a garage that they're doing something out of or what have you and pam i would imagine that that's the ideal time to really begin to think and reach out and and contact you guys so you could take that little seed of a dream and turn it into a big tree
5: definitely hmm. definitely um You know, once you start working with one of our consultants, it like I said, that idea can be in its infancy stage. And, you know, and we will try to work with you to identify some simple things like who is your target market? You know, what is the big why does this product fulfill? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Why? Why do people need it? Uh, Is there a gap in the market for this particular product or service? And so we try to work with uh, people to help them to really, really determine the feasibility of that idea or that you know, for that product or service. And so we can get you there, but we can even, like I said, take you all the way forward. So you may be an established business owner as well, and you have another idea. You're already in business, but you see that there is a gap in the market. We can help you to identify whether or not your organization should pursue that gap as well. I mean, so we've there are are really a lot of things that um, we can help with in terms of helping you move the business forward from a planning standpoint and also from a financial sustainability standpoint.
1: We are talking with Pam Reed from the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center on today's Get Ready for the Future show, ahead of Small Business Saturday in a couple of weeks, talking about uh, the services that you provide, how you can help uh, small business owners develop a business plan and what that would entail. I think uh, as a small business owner, as I try to put my hat on and think, what are they thinking as they listen today, does it cost me anything to be a part of this? Because I know they're looking at the bottom line. So is there a cost associated with the services? You
5: know, that that's always like the magic question because <laughs> – there is no out-of-pocket cost associated with the, with the services that we provide at the ASB TDC because your tax dollars has pretty much already paid for it. When when we received our funding, our funding a large portion of our funding comes from the SBA, and then another portion of our funding comes from the host university that the office is located on. Like as I mentioned, we have seven locations throughout the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, um, in our Monticello on our Monticello campus, then half of that funding comes from them, and then the other portion comes from the SBA. And so um, it's a service that is not going to cost you anything out of pocket. We do have some nominal costs for training, such as specialized training like QuickBooks, things like that. But most of our training is offered at no cost as well.
2: That's incredible. That's awesome. I want to talk a little bit about an event that Janet and I are going to be uh, participating in coming up uh, next week, as a matter of fact. On Tuesday evening, we're going to be at uh, the University of Arkansas Little Rock campus to discuss Money Milestones. It is one of our MoneyWorks presentations, but we're actually targeting this to a group of small business owners.
5: That is so true, and we are so excited and looking forward to this, this event. Um, it's going to be one of the highlights for Global Entrepreneurship Week. Uh, global entrepreneurship week is pretty much a week that happens every year. And it started, uh, I guess it's been about six or seven years ago. And it started with the goal of trying to get more young people involved in entrepreneurship. And we do see a lot of young people getting involved in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're on We're on a college campus, but a lot of them are just going through the motions because they really want to own their own stuff and be their own boss. And so um, the, the goal is to try to, you know, encourage young people and to all also Bring together resources like Gen Wealth, uh, the ASB TDC, you know, the Venture Center, other organizations so that they'll know what resources are available to them to help them be successful as entrepreneurs. And so, Money Milestones, yes, it's going to happen next Tuesday, um, 6 p.m., on the campus of UA Little Rock and the Reynolds Business Center.
2: So, you can go to your website, ASB tdc.org and go to the events page and, and register right there. But you could just walk in and, and participate. It's free of charge, no cost. We're going to be talking about a lot of different aspects of small business and, and the things that they need to know uh, to help their employees. So let's talk
3: about if you're considering attending, what would you expect to learn from the Money Milestones presentation? So there's a, there's a couple of different perspectives, really. One is as an individual who at some point is going to retire, you need to understand for yourself what those milestones are along the way. Think of them as mile markers that when you get this far in life, you need to have accomplished X number of things okay, financially. So it's that type of information. But also from the perspective of of a business owner, this is a presentation that we can come in for business owners at no cost to you and present to your employees. So this can be part of your financial wellness package for your company and you get to come and observe this you know and learn that evening at no cost while we're out at the ua little rock campus
2: absolutely we're excited about being there and i know that you know as a small business owner myself i just it's almost like a vacuum i just want to pull in as many resources as i possibly can and so how do people learn more about you how do we get uh, that information out to the public
5: um, basically, I think the best place to find out more about what we do with the ASBTDC and that event is just by visiting our website at asbtdc.org. You'll find lots of information um, about us, uh, our the our offices that are located throughout the state, uh, the services that we provide. We've got some online resources. We've got some webinars. There are lots of things on our webpage that I think would be beneficial in helping you know small business unders- owners understand who we are and what we we do.
2: Janet, I think we probably ought to show up early and learn as much as we I can before we, before we start uh, <laughs> conveying information. So that's coming up next Tuesday night at six o'clock at the uh, UA Little Rock Campus, ASBTDC.org to register. And it's at the Reynolds Business Center. Room
1: 103, right? Right. And where exactly is that on campus?
5: So it's at the corner of 28th and University. It's right across the street from the Jack Stevens Center. For a matter of fact, you would park in front of the Jack Stevens Center and then probably walk across the street. Um, But as soon as you walk through the double doors of the building, you'll see room 103 on your right.
1: Awesome. Pam, thanks so much for being with us today.
5: Oh, my gosh. I really appreciate you all having me.
1: The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment.
0: More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. From the Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: It is all about small business on today's Get Ready for the Future show. So if you are a small business owner currently or aspire to be one, this entire broadcast is for you. And if you're just joining us or maybe you just caught... Part of our interview with Pam Reed from the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center. You can always get any of our Get Ready for the Future shows on podcast. You can do that by going to the podcast store on Apple and getting subscribed to our Get Ready for the Future show there, and all of our broadcasts wind up there. There's also this thing called Stitcher, which I have no idea how, what that is <laughs> or how it works, but you can get the podcast there as well. So, hey, we've got a lot to discuss, still half a show to go, and we're going to dive in now a little bit on some of the topics that uh, John and Janet and Candice, as she rejoins us now, uh, have dealt with being a small business owner. And, and we kind of left off when we took the break before the interview with Pam, talking a little bit about the balance between being a being of service to your client or customer and then also building a team and right. and finding how you offload some of those responsibilities to people you trust. So let's talk about hiring a little bit because I think I think as a small business owner listening today who is just getting started, maybe they've been doing it for years, but as I mentioned, my mindset in my past career was always if you want something done right, you do it yourself. And it's hard to Offload that. So, how do you go about? Because you've built. I came on almost four years ago, which is hard to believe, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> four, almost four years ago, and I think we were in the 20, 19 or twenty. I was nineteen or twenty as far right. as number of hire, and now right. we're up over thirty. Right. right. So, obviously, we've you have been expanding Gen Wealth at a pretty rapid rate
2: recently. Talk about the hiring process. Well, I think we could uh, sum up our hiring process early on <laughs> as being: do they fog a mirror? Put a jersey on them (laughs) and and let them play. You know, you guys laughed. You weren't here then. Yeah, seriously. Um, No, I get it. And (laughs) and I mean, yeah, you've been there. You've been there.
3: (laughs) And and you know, some of those people, we accidentally got it right, and they're still on the team, and they were fabulous. Some of those people did not meet what we now have well-defined as the Gen Wealth standards, and therefore they're not on the team anymore. But because we had not defined our own standards and what was important to us, it was very difficult to see the misfit in somebody when we were going through the interview process.
2: So let's be sure to point out uh, to the business owner listening – that you have to have some standards. And it can't be just a gut feeling sort of standards. We actually have written them down. Our leadership team took a little mini retreat, and we worked for a while on... Just defining what the Genwell standards are and, and what we expect from people. And one of the things that, one of the tools that, that I could easily recommend to someone yes. is a book by a business consultant named Pat Lincioni. And it is called the ideal team player. And just, you can go on Amazon or, or iBooks or wherever you get your books that go to the bookstore and ask for it. Uh, the ideal team player, Pat Lincioni, you want to, to focus on the aspects of this book that talk about humble, hungry, and smart. And the smart, just
3: to clarify, is people smart. It's not book smart. It's people smart. And and I'll tell you, this is not just something we're talking about. This book is on my desk right now as we speak. Yes, Uh, It is something that we refer back to from time to time. It is critically important um, to understand that when you're hiring, you need to be looking for these things. And John, I'll say that in the past, when we've hired somebody and then you know, you, you go through this honeymoon period, and then some problems begin to kind of percolate. And when, when you have within your company the language of humble, hungry, smart, it makes it so much easier. Because what we realized was happening is we would have problem after problem after problem after problem, and they all look like individual things. And then one day when we had this language, we were able to say, you know what? That person's not humble. That's the issue. It's not this circumstance and that circumstance. It is one overarching theme, yep. and and really everybody whom we have had to fire, it, it has boiled down to humble, hungry, or smart as the issue.
2: And let's let's uh, help some business owners right now. Let's help at least one business owner right now. Okay, we're going to just grab a book and give it away. Uh, it's uh, we'll buy it and give it to you if you are the first. Business owner to email us or send a message via Facebook. Our Facebook page is, is Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. Just go and search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors and send us a message on Facebook or send us an email at info, INFO, at getreadyforthefuture.com. The first one of those to arrive on this Saturday, uh, we will take Pat Lincioni's book. Uh, the ideal team player, and send it out to you as a gift for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: Great opportunity there to get some insight on hiring when it comes to expansion of your small business, and certainly any hire you choose to make is a calculated risk. Go ahead.
3: Absolutely. I just wanted to circle back to when we interview that's what we're interviewing for, and, yeah. and and usually we don't tell people ahead of time. I'm telling you now, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking <laughs> about joining the Gen Wealth team, this is what we're looking for. But what we have discovered is even when people know that, they don't know how the answer how to answer the question if it's not genuinely in their core who they are. They can't fake it through that interview process. I would
1: also say that I've recently been a part of the interview process on the other side of the table now yeah. as we look at potential team members. And when I relate that to when I came through, it's certainly progressed and evolved just in the couple of years since I've been through it, so it it is a lengthy process.
2: I would tell it people is. too, as far as being a small business owner, don't get in a hurry about this, right? Yeah, you you think you I got to hire somebody. So if, you yeah. know, if you get a good gut feeling for them, then go ahead and, and as I said, put them on the field and give them a jersey and let them play. Candace, that endangers the culture of your business when you do that.
4: Yeah, you can um, be interviewing somebody, and that first impression be really, really oh, good. Yeah. But, you know, you maybe not see those red flags if it's just that one interview. So we've got an interview process that's, like you said, it's pretty lengthy. And you kind of get to see how someone really operates and, like you said, see to their core.
2: Yeah. And you have to think about how that person will fit in the equation that you already have. And that is really why we Janet and I will will interview someone maybe initially and then we will kick it over to a number of different team members and say and then we'll go through a, a number of interviews maybe three or four interviews mm-hmm. uh, and they're interviewing with different team members they're not interviewing with us they're de- interviewing with different team members and then we get feedback on those three aspects hungry humble and smart and go okay so does this person fit us Do they? would they relate very well with our team, because you get somebody that is incredibly intelligent, but they don't have any social skills. They yeah. don't have any yeah. social sense, so to speak, and that makes it really, really hard. Uh, for you know, that person may do their job superbly. But if they cause conflict in the office or in the workplace, then you really have a problem that is bigger than what they can overcome with their smarts.
3: You know, we've we've talked about hiring a whole lot. I, I want to quote uh, Gary V, who talks about firing. Gary V is a social media guru, and frankly, a lot of what he says is not quotable on the air. But this one, this one <laughs> Gary, is Gary
2: Vaynerchuk. By by the way, is uh, uh, yeah Vaynerchuk I think is how you say it. But anyway, if he, you
3: Google Gary Vee, you'll yeah, find you'll it. Find yeah. So anyway. He says hiring is guessing, and we've ha- and we've tried to take a lot of the guesswork out. But he's right, though. Still, hiring is guessing. Firing is certainty. When you fire, that decision is so much more important than hiring. And and John, you and I have had to do this. You know, once is too many times, but yep. we've had to do it too many times. And I will tell you as a business owner, there is not a single occurrence that that didn't bother us on a very deep personal level, yeah. because we understand that when we're sending somebody home, they're going home without a paycheck. They are they've got a family to support and it doesn't matter what they have screwed up behind the scenes There's a family, and that matters. And if it ever doesn't disturb you, you're doing life wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it should disturb you. But more importantly, what we have had to focus on is there is not a single individual person who is more important than the culture of GenWealth as a firm. And if we have to fire to defend the culture of the firm, we will do it.
2: Well, I was going to say that that there's really two reasons to fire someone. One is dishonesty of some type but secondly is in defense of the culture yes. uh, and and we will try everything possible to try to <clears throat> redirect and correct behavior before we fire but firing it does obviously remove that situation from uh the the team and and the influence of the team but it also uh, frankly does kind of set some standards on its own say it okay this is what's acceptable and this is what's not acceptable uh in this culture and everybody knows from that point forward you know here's the deal and and that's kind of tough but that that's what you have to do because your culture of your business is so important think about it if you're a business owner or if you're an employee you spend more time with your business family hmm. than you do your personal that's family right. in a lot of cases and that's sad but that's the way it is and so you need to be sure that that culture is right i think i
1: think of gen wealth as a person I
2: mean, it's, yeah. an, it's an entity, but almost like it's a person. It and it's a person
1: that takes care of everybody around it. That's right. So you can't let poison uh, get into that person. Hey, I want to talk. We only have a couple of minutes left in this segment, so it may have to carry over into our final segment. But I want to kind of gradually move that. I mentioned the term calculated risk when it comes to hiring. Pam used that as well. Let's talk about risk and, and primarily financial risk. How do you, and really this question is about how do you make decisions? When you you have revenue coming into the company, maybe you have profit coming into the company, how do you decide what to do with it?
2: Well, I think it, it really does have to to uh, depend on what your business plan is. You know, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? At Wealth, we poured a lot of money back into this business so yeah. that we could reach more people because we see a just cause out there of people, you know, working all their life and basically walking out on a cliff and going, okay, I now have to go forward without a paycheck How are we going to deal with that? Massive number of people out there, baby boom generation, is having to make that one decision that is probably the largest decision that they will ever make from a financial standpoint in their life. And so we have recognized that need and wanted to address that need. And so that's what we have done because that conforms with our business plan. And Candace, we're going to step off into another area of what I call blue ocean out there uh, of people that are trying to get it together financially and just need some guidance.
4: Yeah. And maybe a small business is a way to do that. It can definitely be uh, a path to financial independence. Um, And there's a financial cost to doing that, you know, cost to start a business, but it also costs you time as well. And so you've got to gauge how much time you're going to spend away from your family in order to get this thing off the ground.
1: Education and lessons learned from building a small business. That's the topic of our Get Ready for the Future show today ahead of Small Business Saturday, which is a couple of weeks away right after Black Friday. We'd certainly encourage you to get out on that day and patronize local businesses here in central Arkansas. Our final segment, talking about maybe setting up a retirement plan. help for you and your team members
0: want to know what goes on in the studio during this break go subscribe to the gen wealth financial advisors youtube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement investments and your money we're back with more straight talk about retirement investments and your money on the get ready for the future show
1: Welcome back. If you'd like to learn more about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, going through and building a financial plan that builds retirement income for you, that's what our advisors do every day. And you can set up a complimentary first appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor one of two ways. You can dial this number, 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. If you're driving, and can't write that down, you're not in a place where you can write it down, you can always find it on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. You can also schedule an appointment by going online and clicking the Schedule an Appointment Now button right there on the homepage of our website. So GetReadyForTheFuture.com or a phone call, 501-653-7355. 5 5 As we've already talked about in this show, we have more than 30 team members on the Gen Wealth team in five different offices across Arkansas and in northwest Louisiana. There is an advisor ready to help you with your financial goals. And if it is that you are a small business owner and you need help sifting through your options there, you know, we talked in the last segment about calculated risk and decision points. And, and Candice, I think one of the decision points you'd probably ultimately have to make as a small business owner is A, how to help yourself start to save money and mm-hmm. put money away for retirement, and B, how you help your team members do the same thing, mm-hmm. depending on how many there are. And I think of a small business owner, the ones that I've worked with, it is all all of their money tends to be wrapped up in building that business. Really, honestly, no matter what Level or stage that business is in because it's that is their retirement plan and their mindset, and it's probably still a good mindset. Sure. At some point, I'm selling this thing and I'm getting out, and that's how I retire. And while that may be a good first option, I think it's very important for people to think about how to save money along the way.
4: Yeah, it's hard to put a monetary figure with that. You right. Because what's the business going to be worth when you turn around to sell it one day mm-hmm. or pass it down to your loved ones or whatever your plan is. Um, but what you also got to think about is your employees, they want to save for retirement too. Yeah. So if you've got employees, um, you know they are looking for employment, and you want to retain those employees you know, the way to financial uh, freedom for yourself and your employees is to save for retirement and maybe put in place a retirement plan for your company. Like uh, we offer here a SEP IRA. We also offer a simple IRA. And so we can talk about the differences between those two
1: yeah, let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Because I think the the number one thing that people think about is a four oh one K, right? And and right. and that's the one that the big corporations have and the big companies have, and that's complicated, right? And it's hard to set up. I think the first thing I would say about dealing it's with expensive a, too. It's expensive yeah. uh, continually, ongoing, yeah. right? So I think that when you hear SEP and simple, people need to know first of all, these are relatively easy to set up.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. It's um, opening an account kind of like you would for your own personal IRA. The SEP IRA is also sometimes called the jumbo IRA. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times we will um, recommend that for somebody who's maybe just a sole proprietor. Maybe they don't have a lot of employees. It's really flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, If you contribute for yourself and you do have employees, you have to contribute for your employees as well. Um, But the simple IRA is really nice for uh, companies with fewer than 100 employees, which is a lot of small businesses in Mm -hmm. the country. Um, And it's it's set up very similar to a 401k, but it's a lot more affordable for a small business. And so you contribute as the employer on a pre-tax basis, and then your employees get to contribute as well. And so you can match up to 3% of that. And so that's a great way to jumpstart somebody's retirement as well, especially if they don't have anything outside of work.
1: Certainly, we can help uh, John and Janet work through these decision points for small business owners. But I do think it's important to point out the key difference here between the SEP and the SIMPLE is is if you have. If you're interested in the SEP, you better not have a whole lot of employees. You probably are not going to want to have a whole lot of employees because the business is going to have to make that contribution,
2: and the limits are much higher. Yeah, I think about the SEP as being for the Mm self-employed individual as opposed to a big group of people because you have to make a percentage contribution uh like you're contributing to yourself for all of your employees and then the simple is obviously it is a match of dollar for dollar up to 3% of the employee's contribution the employee can contribute uh, I believe is $12 or $13,000 13, yeah $13,000 yeah. now so those are great tools to be able to to help your employees and help yourself build some financial independence but Janet I want to point out that those are tools yeah and the real gift the real benefit that you can give your employees is teaching them how to use those tools, yeah. and and the way you do that is to basically contact GenWealth Wealth for a MoneyWorks presentation. And Janet, that is a great opportunity to provide financial wellness to your employees, something that can literally change their lives.
3: You know, there's so many companies now talking about financial wellness and wanting to provide something, and this is something that you can provide at at no cost uh, to your your company that we can come in and do education on really any topic. We can cater this to what the needs are. If If you have a small group of people and they all happen to be in the same age range, then we can cater it to that age range. If you've got a wide range of ages and therefore a wide range of focal points financially, we can adjust and do that. We have a good number of topics available for you and we can just come in and sit down and say, okay, let us get to know your, your company and we'll determine you know what's going to be the best fit for you and then come in and educate them. We believe that financial education is greatly lacking in our society. We teach people how to go get a job, but we do not teach them what to do with that paycheck. Mm-hmm. And the reality is they're not going to have a pension like they used to. And so they have to, if you will, create their own pension over the years. And that means doing something paycheck after paycheck after paycheck consistently. And if nobody's coaching them to do that, then they're not going to be ready to retire.
4: Yeah. A lot of companies are offering physical wellness um, information. They're offering uh, mental health wellness. So financial wellness will pair right up along with that and complement it really nicely.
2: Financial wellness will cure some of your mental (laughs) It will. (laughs) will. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And let's think about it from a a, a business owner's standpoint. Mm -hmm. If you went and spent thousands of dollars on a piece of equipment and that piece of equipment was going to be used by one of your employees, would you just run the guy out there and say, okay, go use that without any training, without any expertise? That
3: just makes the farmer's daughter cringe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Think <laughs> yeah. about that. I mean, I even forget large expensive pieces of equipment. It was a big deal when I was growing up. If you needed a screwdriver, but you used a hammer, you, there, better not have been an adult who saw you do it. You know, <laughs> use the tool for what was what it was intended to be used for. And and I think going back to the financial aspect, people don't understand. Let's run along with this analogy. They don't understand the difference between a screwdriver and hammer when we're talking about retirement. Yeah. They, they don't understand the difference between a simple and a SEP. What are those things? I don't know. You know, nobody has taken the time to explain them. It's okay that you don't know. It's not okay that you continue to not know.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And and you have to think about this, not just in terms of being educated about financial products, but what is an emergency fund and how much do you need to have in there? And, and how do you do it? Yeah. And how do you do it? And what's your accountability process for doing yeah. that? That is huge. And so that's what Money Works is all about. Scott is very appropriately named. We just teach people how money works mm-hmm. and help them make it work in their lives, because I think this is the big the big chasm, the big disconnect between the information age that we live in and all this stuff that we got access to, but just not knowing how to apply it. And that's what GenWealth wants to do is we want to bridge that gap between information and application.
1: Yeah, the statistics show how many workers across this country are worried about or thinking about their financial issues and how many of them are doing something about it or think they're doing something about it during work hours, which is really astounding. So when you think about making a commitment uh, to improving your team members' financial wellness, how much more productive of an employee are they going to be? And not to mention, if you can get them started on a retirement plan, savings plan, they're going to be happier. Yeah, They're going to see the benefit that you are providing them, and they're going to be less likely to leave. I think retention is important to mm-hmm. think about here.
3: Let me tell you, we, we drink our own Kool-Aid, so to speak, yes. on this thing. Um, even though this is what we do all day, every day, we realized that there are team members who are not exposed to that information. Mm-hmm. You know, If they're not an advisor, they're not exposed to that information like the rest of the team. And so we did in-house our own Gen Wealth Money Works educational program, and now we have team members who have the the baby steps financially posted up by you know by their desk, and they're marking stuff off. And man, when and they we get celebrate, yeah, they get yeah. a student loan paid off, yeah. and boy, we're doing a happy dance in the hallway, and there might be donuts involved. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, and it it brings this level of unity and team around what their individual struggles and challenges are that we didn't have before. And and it helps them to not focus on the negative of those things during work hours.
2: It used to be that the business owner was the guy that was successful and the people that worked for the business owner just got by. And that culture has changed now. Yeah. You're not going to be successful as a business owner if you still have that old school mindset. This is a team effort. You've got to bring your team along. You've got to help your team uh, understand things that they may not understand right now. And yes, it is your responsibility to help them because they're not going to get it anywhere else. We do a pretty lousy job uh, you know, across this country of educating people about money in school. There's got to be a way to do it. And I know that it's probably not... Uh, you know who says the business owner has to do it? Well, it it's by default. That's that's our that's, right. that's our uh, lot in life, so to speak. So I will assure you that we have seen positive upside from this in our in our team in our family here at Gen Wealth, and you will see it too if you uh, just take up the mantle and say, "Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take responsibility for helping my team to understand how money works. So as they work for their money, their money can work for them."
1: Action packed show. (laughs) If you missed the interview with Pam Reed from the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center, you can find out more at their website, asbtdc.org. And if you'd like to learn more about setting up an uh, an employer-sponsored retirement plan for your small business or getting money works into your small business, reach out to us at 501-653-7355 or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next Saturday.
0: See